From Calvary Church of Santa Ana, this is the Calvary Life Podcast, the show where we share stories, laugh together, and have discussions about faith, life, and God with people from Calvary Church. Here's your host, Eric Wakeling. All right, welcome to another episode of the Calvary Life Podcast. I'm Eric Wakeling, and very happy to have you joining us, and especially happy to have our guest today, Chuck Gustafson. Yeah. Yes. How yeah. you doing, Chuck? Good, good, good. Uh, at least I think I'm good. I'm never quite sure anymore. <laughs> no. You know, it's like, you know, I got my shoes on, but I'm just always waiting for another shoe to drop. Oh, well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I have a shirt that says like, okay, what's next? Yes. And it's just, that's yeah. what 2020 feels like, right? It, it really does. It's been a, you know, wild, almost to, to one year ago. I think that's when things just kind of start to unravel in, in my own personal life with mm-hmm. with some illnesses. I at the end of August last year, day after my birthday, I went in for a colonoscopy and yeah, I've had those before and they've always cut a couple polyps out and you know, I always kinda of figure, well that's what happens on these things and so uh, you know, I went in for one and you know, a week later the um, you know we had our follow up, you know, like what do they find? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, to to my, my, you know, my shock, my wife and I were there and listened to the, you know, the nurse practitioner, you know, tell me that I had lymphoma. Now, I wasn't even sure what lymphoma was, you know, you know, you hear all these, you know, leukemia, lymphoma, CLL, and this and things. And yeah, yeah I didn't know exactly what that meant, except for that I had a, a tumor on my colon growing from the outside in, which is different than colon cancer, which grows from the inside out. Okay. So, um, and you know, you know, so they told us that's what it was, and I didn't even know what that meant, but they said, well, uh, here's a, here's a referral to a surgical oncologist, you know, somebody to cut the thing out, right. and, you know, take out a foot of your colon or whatever was going to happen. And here's, a, you know, you know, contact, you, you know, an, you know, a oncologist, you know, a uh, hematologist, oncologist. And so uh, that's where the kind of the journey began. And I remember before we had our first meeting with the oncologist, I was thinking, is this is this like the beginning of the end for me is yeah. this is this going to you know cut my life is it, are going to start cutting parts out of my colon and you know the the tumor was way up at the beginning of the colon so you know do, do are they going to cut the whole colon out you know or what's going to happen is right. it going to metastasize my life you know to other parts of my body and this is just going to be like you know cutting pieces out one at a time and yeah so when we had our first meeting with the uh, hematologist oncologist, he you know he assured us that this is a very slow. Well, the kind of leukemia, le- le- kind of lymphoma I had, they did some genetic studies of it. It was a very slow growing um, kind of cancer, okay. but it was. Le- a lymphoma, which means your immune system is compromised. Okay. But he kind of reassured me that, you know, I wasn't going to die of this. Okay. Well, you know, you, you, hopefully he's true. Yeah. What he didn't tell me is I may die of something else because of my, you know, immune system, you know, being so, you know, compromised. And so those right. first couple of months just kind of like – feeling you know more settled with the the, the news yeah yeah what, how what, yeah how were you because that was in august right you said august so. september october okay. i was you know kind of in this whirlwind of you know, of emotion like what's you know yeah i i've lived a very blessed charmed life i've never been you know sick to any significant degree you know you had a few colds a few you know flus and a few thises and that's but you know never something like this so this was like a real shock i've been you know physically healthy you know i know you're doing you know the triathlons and yeah, when i was 
in my younger days, I was doing those mini triathlons. Oh, awesome. Never, never, never the full thing, but you know, I was you know pretty good at it. You That's know, great. during my thirties and you know, um, mostly in my thirties, okay. and I did my you know hour and a half marathon. I did my four and a half hour century ride, and you know, I was you nice. know, so I was you know, I was yeah, really, really, fit. You're really fit. fit and so healthy. I always had a sense of myself that hey, you know, I'm you know, I'm you know, pretty good here. And invin- that invincibility of youth also a little bit too. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, figured, you know, I, you know, I'd lived to, you know, 87. I was backtracking on that. So, well, maybe I'll live to 90, you know, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. kind of setting my, you know, goals and trying to live well now so I could live to those age. Right. And, and then when this, you know, news hit me mm-hmm. in, um, you know, September, September, October last year suddenly just jolted me, and, mm. I and guess, tell, oh, go, tell everybody like what what you do for a living too. Because yeah, you know, I, I I'm a school psychologist. Yeah, um, I started in 1977, mm-hmm. and I retired officially in 2013. But I actually love working in this school district. I love working with kids. So mm-hmm. even though I've been retired for the last seven years, I've actually worked. You know, at least half to three quarters to almost a full school year for the last seven years. And um, I'm actually, I worked today already this morning doing some um, case studies on some some kids that um, were doing all our evaluations virtual, which means reviewing records. So I'm I'm not having to actually do face-to-face with students right now, which is... If and when that comes, I'm going to feel a little bit more uncomfortable with that. For but right. right now, it kind of gives me structure. I like doing it. My, you know, my wife is a few years younger. She is still hot and heavy working, <laughs> and she loves the, the hunt and the you know yeah, yeah. bringing in you know new clients and yeah. things like that. So we're still working pretty. You know, right. we're 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 we're, we're workaholics type. Yeah, you know, yeah. if, if But like, but also just in that sense that, and so you're you're the school psychologist, and then you've been a lay counselor here at Calvary and really helping us with our yeah. whole lay counseling yeah. program from your yeah. area of expertise. Yeah. And so it's always interesting because this is kind of for me sometimes when I come up to a moment of my own, maybe of a faith struggle or a doubt or something. And it's like, I'm a pastor. And yeah. then it's for you, you're coming up to this moment of how do I deal with this yeah. diagnosis yeah. and all this, yeah. but you're a counselor, like, yeah. right. And so you've probably been used to helping people process this kind of stuff. And, you know, I think a lot of counselors, if you talk to them, they're much better counselors for them, other people than themselves. You know, sharing their feelings, you know, is difficult for other people, but it's also very difficult for us. And yeah. um, one of the things I've been doing all last year, I've, um, you know, through my health insurance, I've had, you know, virtual counselors, you know, you know, two meetings a week once with a behavioral coach, once with a counselor. Mm. I have a um, a social worker that calls me monthly to see how I'm doing. So oh, I've great. had to kind of, you know, live the life of a counsel E. <laughs> yes, yes. And um, that's interesting itself, just kind of like, and it's been good. It's been good for me because, you know, I, I, I tend to not, you know, be a, not that I'm not an open person. I'm very open, but I, I don't tend to share... Uh, you know a lot what's going on with me but maybe today will be different <laughs> well yeah we'll see yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> so yeah so like you're dealing with this like you're processing this whole lymphoma diagnosis and you're starting to get some treatments yeah. and and yeah. that and then the world starts to have the news starts to hit of there's something going on yes. in China with yeah. this virus and we don't understand this and now you've sort of become like the Calvary Church like covid celebrity or something Man. right like, yes. <laughs> but, yeah which is the real like kind of the story we really want to walk through yeah. but yeah but that's like part of this is why you had already this whole this with this lymphoma and the, and how it was this immune like your yeah, your yeah. immunity's compromised and, and the good thing about this if there's good to be had right. is that you know right away you know both my wife and I really looked to God to be our strength mm-hmm. and you know I remember in you know September and October when we were in the worship service when when we sang, it was singing from a deeper level. Yeah. When we prayed, it was from a deeper need. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you could see me raise my hand more of a cup hmm. I need to receive than yeah. hands. I, there was, you know, yes. just those little gestures. Yes. I, you know, I just noticed myself kind of my faith took on a a, a deeper reality in my life when I really, f- you know, we all know we need God, yeah. but when you at this kind of junction, when you really see right in front of you right. your need for God right now, right here, right. It, it takes on a you know, it's palpable. You can feel it. Right. You know? And I think there was a lot more feeling in my faith. Um, you know, through the beginning of my lymphoma and right all the way in and through, you know, me being in the hospital. Right. Okay. So let's let's walk through it step by step if we could. Yeah. So like, you know, the way the world was kind of hearing, like started sort of January, you start we start hearing about there's this thing, right? In February yeah. it's increasing a little more, but it feels very other. Like it's not really about us yet. It's there. <laughs> it's right. in China. It's yeah. in a different state. It's 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 in, you know, housing projects where people live in tight compartments mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they can't, you know, it's it's not us people of you know privilege, you know. Right, yeah, you know. here in Orange County, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. It's like yeah, it's a it's a place that there's yeah, we have a little protection from a right. lot of things. Yes. Um okay, so then do you mind telling kind of the story of how you did actually get coronavirus? Yeah. Um, so my my wife travels for work, mm-hmm. and she was in Utah um, March 3rd, 4th, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. And then she was there on a business trip. And then every year she goes up to Salt Lake City, and she gathers with some people in her industry for a kind of a – for a ski trip. Yeah. And – Networking, you know, when yep. you're in business, it's all networking. <laughs> Even if you're skiing, you're talking about it's all relational. You don't have to talk about business per se, but you know, two weeks later, hey, you know, hey, yep. I just I was thinking of you last week, and I want to run this by you, and right. you know, hey, you know. so all these things happen, and you know, my my wife um, at night after skiing, they go to a, a local you know restaurant or club where they have music, and there's a there's a doorman at the place, uh-huh. and the doorman checks your ID, yep. you know, gives you a good look over. <laughs> perhaps coughs in your face or you know, or <laughs> yeah. coughs in his hand, you know, whatever happened, but touches um, your idea, touches after your he's idea, you touch else's. your idea. Yeah. And out of that, uh, that was on a Wednesday when my wife went to that one particular, um, you know, restaurant. And by Saturday night, she was, or she was beginning to feel tired. Usually okay. at these conferences, they all go out late, you know, really late. You okay. know, I, I'm, in yep. bed three hours by that time, but she's <laughs> she she's an extrovert, and more she's with she people, yeah, yeah, she gets more and more energy. And so um, Saturday night, she, you know, after dinner, she just turned in and went to bed. And next morning, she wasn't feeling much better. So some people were skiing. She just hung around the hotel, and she was um, talking to some of her colleagues and you know things like that. And um, and then by I think it was Monday or Tuesday, she thought, gosh, you know, this is, you know, this this is going a little bit longer. Yeah. And then she got word that this particular doorman at this restaurant had tested positive. Okay. It was in the local newspaper. And back then, early March, you could not get a COVID test unless you were I just came back from China or, you know, there's somebody in my household. You had to, like, show them something. And I remember we um, drove out to down 17th Street to the Orange County. um, um, It's it's an agency that does the the testing. Okay, like the health agency or something like that. Yeah. And we sat in our car and this lady came back out in her hazmat and stuck something in my wife's nose and said, we'll give you a call in a couple of days. And uh, sure enough, they called her in a couple of days and said, well, um, you're number six for Orange County. Wow. So it was kind of new in Orange County. And when we got that news... um, I was beginning just, you know, on that that following Friday, I was just beginning. I just had a little, 
little cough, didn't you yeah. know, a dry cough, no fever. Yeah. You know, the thing with the fever, let's measure. Uh, I don't know about that. And you never had it, huh? Never, yeah. never had the fever then. Then, okay. Okay. But and um, so I went in, went to my general, you know, my you know pediatrician, not pediatrician, but my you know Just uh, general physician, general yeah. physician, and had to go in the back door, and they escorted me into this empty room, and they stuck something in my nose, and um, in fact, that was on a, a Thursday. I don't think we ever did get the results of that test. You know, they, they lost it or something. Oh, really? Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. I think they finally found it like two weeks later. Okay. You know, in a tr- I don't know. So that following week, like the 15th, 16th of March, I was beginning to get a little bit of a fever. Not much. You know, I run low. I'm usually like 97.7. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, 98, 99.3, okay. you know, 100, 100.2. But never, you know, over that week, I was just, my temperature was creeping up. Mm. And I was getting that little dry cough they talked mm-hmm. about. And this and, is when it was really like in the news wise. Yeah. I mean, that March 15th is the first Sunday we did live stream. Yeah. So that I remember March 11th is like when the NBA shut down. Right. Yeah. So like that's kind of when it was really peeking yeah. into the consciousness of everyone. Like, oh, now all of our lives feel quote unquote, feel different to us. For you, it's. Yeah. I, it was much March different. 13th was a Friday, I believe. I was yeah. working at school, and they said after uh, Friday, we're shutting down the schools. Right, so, right. So uh, that following week, I was at home, and my fever, like I said, was slowly going up. By Thursday, it was 101, 102. Finally, on Saturday night, about 10 o'clock, it was like 104. Oh, wow. Okay. And I I didn't really feel that sick. I mean, like, you know, I had a fever and I was, you know, a couple nights I was had the kind of the, the, the sweats at night, but, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't think much of that. Are you assuming you have coronavirus at this point or are you just think you're maybe sick? I you, thought I had coronavirus, but I didn't know. I didn't know what that meant. Man, yeah, what? Okay, what does yeah. that mean? Is yeah. like the flu? Is it like you know? We we, we weren't getting great information yeah, about what of, it means. Yeah, there's a lot of sort of like uh, talk then of very kind of undermining it, feeling talk. Like I remember even making jokes myself, like, "Oh, yeah, I'll, I can get this sickness. That means I can be off work for two weeks and not have to, you know, yeah. but not actually feel anything." Yeah. yeah, it's like we had this kind of messed up. Yeah, yeah, and so it. I would, you know, I think that was. Well, I didn't want to go to the hospital because, you know, I was kind of thinking, well, you know, I'm, remember, all, you know, yeah. that, you know, that athlete I used to be, yeah, and, exactly. you know, I, you know, I, <laughs> you know, now I did have lymphoma, but I didn't think like, what does that mean to me? And so I, you know, went into the hospital that night to the emergency room and, um, and we were shocked. They, they let me go, they brought me into the emergency room and they waved my wife goodbye, and mm. that was the last I saw of my wife for, I mean, physically, yeah. you know, for, you know, over 20 days. And, um, you know, they started doing all their tests, yeah. and, you know, they, they brought in the portable x-ray machine, and I had the, the broken glass lungs they were you know you know i i, I think what does I, that mean explain that a little bit well the, when you have pneumonia when they take the x-ray it all looks like you know like like white glass okay and so where you have you know the infection the the viral pneumonia it just it looks all white okay. and in my lungs it was all those areas were white they did some blood work and Found out actually my kidneys and liver were beginning to shut down. I was dehydrated. Yeah. But I didn't know. I didn't know how sick I was. Right. You know, I, I thought, well, you know, like you know, flu, a cold, and you know, you know. I guess you know people were dying of it, but I didn't think that was you know you, older people. Yeah. You know, people who weren't healthy or mm-hmm. whatever. You mm-hmm. know, I. You know, I was a little, I'm a little older, although I, I don't know I'm older until I look at myself in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, who's that guy? But uh, but the lymphoma is a real thing. The like lymphoma is a real thing. Yeah. yeah. And so, 
Um, they put me in on an IV and start pumping me full of, you know, of, you know, fluid to kind of get me more hydrated. And um, they end up, you know, bringing me upstairs to a my own suite, my own room, <laughs> and kind of I was kind of locked in there for much of the you know twenty days. Mm-hmm. And um, you know the it was. It, was really lonely in a hospital mm. room. You know, the the nurse only comes in like twice a day. The doctor comes in for maybe once or t- twice a day for three minutes, and you know, so you're you're spending a lot of time just kind of sitting there, wow. waiting to get better or get worse. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I wasn't getting better, um, right? And there was no real treatment. Now that. Medication would death severe. So the doctor came up to me, you know, the first or second day and said, Well, we do have a, we're doing a clinical trial trial and run death severe. Okay. You know, there's three groups there's the five day group, the 10 day group, and then there's a placebo group. And we're going to ram, random, randomize, see what group you are in. And I came back as the placebo group, which uh. means I would get. No treatment, right? Not not any of that treatment, at least. And um, they were trying the hydroxychlorophyll and stuff. And um, at that point, they didn't think it would, you know, make me worse. Okay, so they did give that to you. They gave me that okay. for a couple of days until I started having visual hallucinations. Oh, okay. I would look out there, and I would see these slashes of color across my visual field. And mm. I had it for a couple of days before I even mentioned it to the doctor. I thought it was like a kind of an interesting thing, but I didn't think it was a problem. <laughs> right. Right. And as soon as I told the doctor, they said, whoa, they took me off of that. Okay. And um, so I was on just... They, they, it was much, early on. There wasn't much they were giving me except for fluid. They they put me on some antibiotics so I wouldn't get some other problems, and but early on um, there wasn't really any mm-hmm. treatment, and they were always kind of wondering, you know, how much of this was the virus reacting to me. And how much was this lymphoma that me not fighting it? So they mm-hmm. they had like four, five, six doctors working with me, and they were all kind of shrugging their shoulders, and they really didn't know what wow. to do about the whole situation. So how are you feeling in the midst of okay that early part in the hospital? Because like, how are you feeling the sense of fear or like where what's going on between you and God? What's going on in the midst of that? You know, I wasn't. Wasn't afraid or fear okay. early on. Um, I didn't think I was gonna really die of it. You know, okay. I mean, not really. You know, I thought you know I'd struggle with it, but get better. But after you know the you know the first week and not getting any better, but getting worse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were putting me. You know, my oxygen levels began to go down. You know, right. Like I still have a today. I have a little oxygen meter that I put on just to kind of see what my oxygen level. And most of us mm. who are healthy have you know ninety seven to hundred percent oxygen blood. And me just laying in bed, I was going down to ninety five, ninety four, ninety three, and my oxygen levels were going down. Okay. So they start putting a you know little you know tube of oxygen underneath my nose and yep. you know give me some more oxygen. But then at night, you know, I also have sleep apnea, which doesn't help. So they, they okay. were trying to put a mask on me, and okay. that was that was very uncomfortable. It would just leak air. It was just nothing was nothing they were doing was working. Okay, yeah. And um, you know, luckily I'm I'm glad for iPhones because you know I could have FaceTime with my wife mm-hmm. and. And I think my brain was going a little foggy at that point, too. And I think I was getting a little bit of brain numbness to some of the things that are going on. Right, right. And luckily, you know, every time the doctor came in, I'd FaceTime my wife, and she's at home at her desk taking copious notes, asking questions. And so, that's good. Yeah, you know, I, I really, you know, my wife is a go getter. I, <laughs> you know, I, through this whole process, I've just, I've learned to appreciate my wife more and more and more what she, what she's able to do, 
you know, for others and, you know, mm-hmm. in this case, especially for me. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your oxygen does keep going down, though, to yeah. the point where not just oxygen in the tube in your nose, yeah. but you end up needing to be intubated, right? <sighs> yeah. Now, this was on March 31st. I had gone in that Friday, no, Saturday, March 21st. Okay. So I had been in there 10 days, and they were doing, you know, CT scans and x-rays, and it was just getting more and more, you know, looking bad. And okay. I remember that last morning on the 31st, um, you know, they, they brought me in to the CT scan and did some IV stuff on it. And, you know, I felt a little bit like a pin, pin cushion. You know, every morning they would, the nurse would come in and she would take well, she would try to take blood. So okay. they wake you up at 4 o'clock in the morning, yep. and they stick you with a needle, which, you know, after about 10 days of this, it was hurting more and more. It just got, it was getting old. And the, in my in my my veins were beginning to just move around. So uh. the, the, the nurse, the first, the 4 a.m. nurse would wake me up with a sharp needle, but she couldn't get the, the needle in. So uh. we'd have to wait three more hours for the 7 o'clock nurse who would do it. So I would get, like two needles every day uh, to getting blood to see what's going on with my my in my blood work and it was like i said it was going not the right direction yeah yeah so on that you know that whatever day the 31st was a tuesday i guess it is and um or monday they they brought me down for a ct scan and and I guess I really didn't realize what was going to happen next because the next thing I know, I was in ICU, and they were, you know, um, in, in, incubating me. Yeah. And so you're you on know, that I, ventilator. Like, ven- yeah. Did you feel that, like them doing that? Well, here, here's <laughs> what they're supposed to do is they're supposed to give you propofol first. Okay. And then they do the muscle relaxants. Okay. Well, they... They must have not put enough propofol in it because. Is that like a pain? What is that like? A, makes you sleepy? Yeah, or? yeah, like okay. a, yeah, sleepy. Yeah. You just you go under. Okay. And the muscle relaxant makes you not move. So. Uh huh. For like, they gave me the muscle relaxant first, and I just remember I was kind of agitated already. Yeah. And suddenly, I was trying to move my legs, and I couldn't move. Oof. And then, I was trying to take a, a breath of air. And I couldn't breathe. Yeah. That's a little frightening. It's very frightening. I mean, you, know, yeah. you, you know, no, but you know, many of us are you know claustrophobic anyway. But this is like the ultimate claustrophobic, yeah. where you yeah. you can't breathe. And next thing I know, I was I was out. And um, yeah, yeah, that was Oof. I was out. And um, I don't think I properly. You know, said goodbye to my wife. I I, I didn't know wow. what was going to happen right. next. I, I I didn't ask enough questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so then, and even Michelle, she's like feeling like, what? Uh, like my husband's dying. Kind of like what's going on, right? I'm sure she was just freaking out at that he, point. She was totally freaking out. And uh, I guess the good news, bad news, you know, just to keep herself busy, she was out doing some yard work, you know, the couple of days before this, a couple of days before my, you know, going in the ICU. And she was cutting down this one bush. It was, I guess it's called, you know, poison sumac. And she start, she got an allergic reaction all <laughs> oh, over her arms. So instead of worrying about me, which she <laughs> yeah. couldn't do anything about, yeah. she also took some time to kind of worry about herself. It was kind <laughs> of a, it was a, it was a blessing in disguise. In disguise. Yeah, wow. You, you know, because it was like nothing she could do about it. So, um, so that that day I, I went, you know, I was they, you know, they, you know put me under and, um, what well, in this is the part I didn't know until you know a day later. But um, you know you can't have visitors mm-hmm. in the you know in the hospital. In the hospital, that, all then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but I, you know, I think because you know the, the doctor really liked my wife and loved our family. I, She's I quite had, winsome and persuasive, both. Yes, and <laughs> and we would have post. I had pictures of my family on the walls, and you know, I tried uh, to. Yeah. I, I think we try to humanize myself a little bit to them. That's good. And so that's just a little shout out for <laughs> those who go in the hospital. Right. Make sure you know have pictures of yourself and family, mm. and so. Um, they, you know, they, they called my wife and let her know what was going on. And they said to her, if you come down here right now, you can say, you know, goodbye to your husband. And, wow. and that was the way it was, it was expressed. It was wow. basically, um, you know, the, the you know, the chances of getting off the ventilator at that time were not great. You know, uh -huh. I think, you know, uh, a lot of people die on the ventilator. Hmm. Not, you know, it, even though it's it's one of the things they did, it was like we don't know what else to do, and it helps you until your body can breathe on its own. So um, she just, you know, she told me later she just came in there, and you can imagine the scene with all these things going down my throat. I had a, you know, a, kind of an IV in my neck, a pick line for, you know, stuff. And okay. and she was just holding my hand, and she said my hand was just like icy, icy cold. Oh, my and goodness. she was just, you know, just talking to me for a couple hours yeah. and just was praying over me. And, mm. um, um, yeah, and, you know, I, I, I didn't have – any awareness of what was going on, and um, I, and I think you, you've heard this part of, the, of of what happened was that sometime during that night, um, I was. I think they what they do is they 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 increase or decrease the profile profile to see what happens if you see if you kind of respond or not. So I was more in a more of a twilight thing and. That that night, the first and only night I was on the ventilator, I, I had a uh, only thing I could call it was a vision from God, mm. and um, you know you the the yeah. vision was of me in this enclosed room with you know our kind of like that picture we often have of what Jesus would look like, yeah. you know, standing above me. And I wasn't me, me. I was kind of more like a child. And, you know, mm -hmm. and, and Jesus was looking down at onto me and, you know, spoke to me in a way that, you know, I, I didn't, you know, hear a voice voice. I don't know if his lips actually moved, but it was conveyed to me that, you know, Chuck, I love you. Hmm. And then he wow. said, and you're not going to die of this. <laughs> and, you know, I, I needed that. Yeah. Because, you know, I think it, 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 as I was, you know, getting closer to that day, you know, I realized that maybe I wasn't going to kick this thing. And, yeah. you know, I know God can heal, but, you know, is he going to heal me? Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and where is he going to heal me, here on earth or in heaven? Right. So um, having that reassurance made, you know, uh, has made a big difference in my life, has given me more confidence mm. as I go through even s other struggles today, yep. you know, uh, what's go things going on in my life. But mm. um, it was a, you know, you know, one of two miracles that happened that night. Mm. The, you know, the other one is I... We, we have a friend, and I think you know who Joel is. And um, you know, he talked to he was talking to 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 Matt um, Doan, and the two of them talk were talking about me and sharing how I was, you know, put on the ventilator. Yeah. And, and Joel said, you know, I just feel led to to pray for for Chuck all night. And um, you know, the the story that was conveyed to us later that. You know, Joel did, in fact, pray for me all that night. Wow. Um, and then he said, you know, around 4 o'clock, he felt God telling him, hey, enough of the praying for the healing. I want you to start praising because I've healed Chuck. Hmm. And, um, you know, we didn't learn, the, you know, that part of the story until, you know, later on. But um, it kind of made almost... 
perfect sense of what was was happening yeah. with us at that moment because I had gone in that 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 morning and went that night, and then sometime in that morning, as they were kind of tweaking my my you know my medications, they felt like he's he's better. We can <laughs> we can take him off the ventilator. Just that very night. That, that very night. That same wow. night and then that morning and. Um, you know, my wife tells a story, and I, I kind of half remember it. I, I, you know, like most of us, you know, we all know where our cell phone is. I, I was having my cell phone, and I wasn't too coherent because I was trying to text my wife, you know, about what had happened that evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was more gobbledygook than anything else. <laughs> and so, you know, the ner- she called back, you know, the nurse's station said, my wife. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, my my my, my, my husband is calling. Yeah. He's, he's trying to text me. What's happening? And you know, the, this you know, and the story was shared how he had taken me off the ventilator, and that you know, I was in fact trying to contact her, and oh. um, so there was just kind of a you know a vision, a miracle, mm-hmm. and also going on at the same time, you know, my my family, you know, my. You know my, you know, two kids and mm-hmm. our whole family, you know, you know, f- train of people were praying for me. Yes. And, um, my my son David, um, you know, was you know praying for me. He has a girlfriend, Abby. Her family was praying for me. Her family, extended family, was praying for me. Hmm. Her friends of her family, family was praying for me. Yep. Different church groups were praying for me. Our yep. church was praying yep. for me. I, <laughs> I, I, I probably had thousands of people, yeah. literally thousands of people, praying for me. And you know, my my wife, you know, was telling this the story to some of her colleagues and, you know, and and they were praying for me and, you know, people we had met over the years on Facebook and other things we were conveying to them. So I was just bathed in prayer. And, um, you know, when I finally did get home, um, my, my son brought in this big basket of just letters of people Uh praying for me. In fact, there was one that was, you know, that was written on March 31st, the night I went. It was specifically not knowing what was going on, just said, you know, I'm just praying for you right here and now. And it just seemed all those coming together of God's people with God's will was was incredibly, you know, um, encouraging for me. And, you know, I I remember, you know, um, you know, as... You know, just at night, you know, after getting off the ventilator, I still, even though I was off the ventilator, I wasn't, you know, perfect. I was still getting fevers. But I just remember, you know, going on my cell phone and, you know, going to YouTube and just, you know, listening to praise music. Hmm. I think Waymaker is, is my is yeah. my is my song. <laughs> Excellent. I used to, I just, and it has a way of, you know, they, they could play a thing for 30 minutes and I would sing it for 30 minutes you know just you know, yeah. just just needing that encouragement and just and just knowing god is it was in the process of healing me you know i was getting better at that point every day my my fevers you know i would get like three fevers a day okay you know i would um get a, a fever they give me Tylenol. <laughs> they pack me in ice. Oh gosh, that's the worst. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you know the fever would go away, and then a couple hours later, it start up again. Mm-hmm. Tylenol, you know, pack me in ice, and uh, and uh, you know that was happening for several days. And you know I would be eating their hospital food, and that thing about not tasting. I had that definitely. I oh, okay. Mean, I mean, I, I, I don't think the food. I, 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 I couldn't eat anything in the hospital food. The only thing I would eat would the, would be these protein, you know, drinks that they would make of you know fruit juices. Okay. You know they, they would, you know, make a hamburger. I love hamburgers. It was like cardboard. Oh. They make French toast. It was thick cardboard. <laughs> it was nothing. Yeah. You know, I had lost. I think in. 
probably in January, I was probably weighing like 185 or something like that. When I left, I was like 157. Oh, wow. I mean, I was just looking at my legs, and, it, you know, there was just there was just holes in my leg where there used to be something. It was just, you know, right. I looked like an old man, and I, right. I didn't shave during another time, but I had a gray beard. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, man. I, you know, I was like, and my wife, when they finally did will me out, she didn't recognize me. Either. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like she had to look twice and, you know. Because she'd stuff. only saw you that one time, yeah. really. Right? Yeah. Other yeah. Like yeah. Phone yeah. and stuff. Yeah, but, on the phone. But, you yeah. know, you really don't get the, the yeah. you get the this picture. picture. You don't yeah. get the, yes. you know, the, the rest of the picture. And, you know, I was, I, I was looking terrible. And, you know, I had a, a skin rash all over my back. It looked like I had smallpox on my, not smallpox, uh, measles or something. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah, all yeah, kinds yeah, of stuff on my back. Yeah. And, you know, just I just huh. I was n- no shower for you know twenty days. <laughs> right, right. Wow. So, how long after that night where you were on the ventilator and prayer and that sense of God healing you, and then how many more days till you were actually the, then out of the hospital? I think it was a, about a week later. About a week later. About a week later. Just the, continuing the, the, to recover. What they do is they wait it till I had three days of no fever. Okay. And so, you know, like I think it was on a, so that was on a Monday. I think that Friday I, I would, you know, had like, I was getting less and less fevers. I would have maybe one fever day, but then you start the clock over again. Okay. So finally, I think it was like on the Sunday or Saturday, I had a fever, but didn't have any fevers for two days. And um, so I think it was on that Wednesday, March 8th, I think they finally said, well, you can go home. Wow. Yeah, go yeah, home. And, yeah. You know, they, and they April, did a, you yeah. know, I still did a COVID test, and I tested positive after leaving because, you know, the thing is about, you know, the test, it, it, it picks up the viral matter whether it's dead or alive it doesn't know if it's dead okay. so you know most people when they leave the hospital you know on these kinds of things they'll test positive until you've shed all the dead virus over you know whatever that length of time is you know four or five days a okay. week or 10 days and so when i left the hospital you know we we isolated for another 7 days so we wouldn't yeah impact other people yeah good good wow okay yeah just such a amazing and sort of horrible but also incredible adventure that god had you on you know it was you know it's like you know usually you sign up for adventures you pay you pay money for adventures this was a free volunteer (laughs) adventure that well i didn't volunteer for it you know right right i was assigned this this thing and yeah, of course, I you know I, it's it's damaged some things about myself. My, you know, my lungs aren't perfect, and I think it's damaged maybe the the, the invincibility conf, overconfidence that one has. But mm-hmm. when you get a, a, a near death experience, I think it does create a little bit of a little bit. P- Probably it does create a, like a post-traumatic stress disorder situation where you right. you you you're, there's you know for a couple of weeks I, I you know I, I you know three o'clock in the morning I'd be awake and I couldn't mm-hmm. go back to sleep and mm-hmm. you know there was it took it's taken a while I mean, I'm just now last couple months do I you know get you know seven or eight hours of sleep okay you know because yep. you know it's just it's been that's been difficult yeah I'm sure and then yeah. even for for your wife to have to deal with getting that phone call to say, "Hey, come in and say goodbye," like that's just too oh, much for oh, anybody. Yeah, to... yeah, that was that was, you know, like I said, she kind of thanked God for her allergic reaction to the bush because it helped her not focus in on just right. me but right. herself because it was, it was, it must have been. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be on the other side of seeing me mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in a bed with tubes all. In mm-hmm. me, feeling cold, looking dead. Right. You know, um, you know, something breathing for me. Right. Um, and that's, that, that's, that's rough. Yeah. But then, at the same time, in the midst of it, you had a deep, like a very, very deep, real sense of like the face and voice of Jesus 
yeah. ministering to yeah. you in the midst of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, and that was. I mean, it has this experience has drawn me and my wife closer to God. Not that we were distant from God, but there's a yeah. there's a little bit more passion, a little bit more emotion, a little bit more just connectedness because of yep. this experience, uh, mm. definitely. And, you know, um, for, since that time, I, I you know, I'd, I've been trying to get myself in physical shape and, you know, I'd go for walks and I would meet people in the neighborhood and, you know, tell them, hey, I just came out of the hospital and I start sharing my story. Mm. And, you know, this is about the time that the church... I had my wife and I come in and we we did a little video yeah. clip on this and I have that on my phone and I, I tell the people you know the story of it and they say can I you know share this you know a little you know this little clip with you and I I think there for a while I'd say without exaggeration there was many days where I'd share that that clip three times along with my own personal story. And then we'd go on, you know, we shared it on Facebook. My wife even shared it with her company, you know, um, Bank United, what, you know, it was called back then. And um, not Bank United, but, you know, um, but she would share it with people. And so it was kind of shared all over the place. And I think, you know, people, I shared with people at work, you know, people at work shared with other people. So I think the the word got out that, you know, God, you know, cares about his his people mm-hmm. and that he seeks us to look to him mm-hmm. in in time of need. Mm-hmm. And that through prayer we have access to to God and that he hears us. He listens hmm. and he answers, and I think that's my kind mm-hmm. of my takeaway that God listens to His people, mm-hmm. and and people in general too. You know, I think God hears us. Yes, you know, and hears the unbeliever that seeks Him, and right. and you know, we definitely were seeking God. You know, you know, through this whole time, and even even now. You know, we're seeking God through the kinds of things that are still going on in my life. Okay. Yeah. 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 What do you think? um, What do you sort of like wish people would understand maybe even about their own mortality and eternity? And, you know, because as you were sort of had to come face to face with that, and then now you're just here and we're talking, and it's it's incredible. I grew up in the church, and I, you know, remember when I was five years old, kneeling at my mom's bed, receiving Jesus as my Savior. Mm-hmm. So I, I've always known Jesus in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it would be like not to have God in my life, Yeah, but I have gone to God many times in my life, and especially this last year, you know, really was a, you know, kind of a highlight i guess a way one way of looking at it of really really yeah. going to 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 god and um so i i want i would want people to realize that you know god does love us mm. and that he wants us to seek him and for me not that he put this in my path so i would come to him closer but it does have that result mm-hmm. and sometimes the things in life happen mm-hmm. what are you going to do about it are you mm-hmm. going to turn to god or turn away from god mm-hmm. and i think it's like an opportunity when god gives a an event in your life what are you going to do about mm-hmm. it and um I guess there was never a question or doubt that I would turn to God, but because who else could I turn to? You know, the yeah. medical doctors really didn't have anything. I mean, they were nice people, and they tried yep. to do what they could do. But there was really, seemingly at that time, there was no real treatment hmm. that really worked. You just kind of let the virus 
run its course and hopefully you didn't die before the di- virus. I guess the, di- the virus dies out over a, a period of time, but it can so destroy your body that you can end up dying, yeah. you know, wow. a dead virus. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. I really just think back on this, that, that whole experience for you and just yeah. you know, trying to process that even just for myself yeah. and, uh, it's such a reminder that yeah, it's like, cause none of us are going to live forever. Right. So I always right. struggle with healings cause it's yeah. like, Lord, what, you know, yeah. even my own stories in my life of yeah, like, when yeah, I was exactly. healed of, yes. of leukemia yeah, and exactly. just like, okay, Lord, but like it's sort of a why me or why then? And I know, I'm, you know, it's like, you're not going to live forever yeah. you, and I'm not either, but right. Lord, what? what are you calling me maybe like sort of to do with this moment? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you know, people have said, you know, Oh, you know, God must have something special for you. <laughs> well, and he does, mm-hmm. but I think God has something special for all of us. Yes. And you know, it's, it's good to be alive to do those things. Yes. Yes. You know, so, but, um, you know, I, I, you know, I was just thinking, you know, the things that my wife and I do, um, you know, we actively share our faith with the people that we come in contact with. Yeah, we, really we encourage other, you know, Christians and their their faith. We're mm-hmm. we're we're involved in some, you know, a couple different mm-hmm. you know small groups and in the Alpha we, Course. Alpha Course. Yeah. We've done that thing from the get go. You know, from, from the, the get go, yeah. and you know, <laughs> we're still kind of thinking. You know, well, we we did the virtual alpha. Yeah, and we're, we had a couple of people get saved that didn't even go to our church, and now are plugged in and, and vital. In that that, yeah. that particular couple that I think we both know who it is. Yep. You know, they were over our house on Monday night, uh, we, and we just kind of are pouring. In. I think we're we. I think what what we we're finding ourselves pouring more into people and things you know we we do the i've done the the pantry you know several times and i get really almost not manic manic but i get really (laughs) jazz about doing that kind of thing and you know and praying with people in that i remember this one you know one lady um um you know i prayed that she would get a job and um you know a week or two later she came back and said chuck you know I got a job, and oh, wow. I, I took her phone number down, and I gave her, you know, I, I texted her my my my, my video, oh, and so yeah, I, I made some connections on the <laughs> even the food pantry. Oh, and so and I guess that's what it's all about: connections, yes. Yes. making connections with people, and uh, you know, and it's, you know, we have this thing right here: share, you know, sharing our faith, and yeah. and it, it just, you don't have to tell me, <laughs> right? It, it just comes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you have to remind us at times and, you know, see the, the you know, the, like, gosh, people do want to hear the, what's going on mm-hmm, in our life. And mm-hmm. that's what's amazing, too, is that people have been, you know, you know, gracious to me to let me tell the story. I'm, not, I'm quite sure there's a few people and they've told me, well, I'm not a Christian. And I said, well, that's fine. I just yeah. want to, you know, share that with yeah. you and, you know, you know, just if it encourages you, if it doesn't, if it just makes you more angry towards God because of something else, well, yeah, so be yeah, it. But, you yeah. know, events happen in people's life. What are you going to do with yeah. it? Are you going to turn to God or mm-hmm. or turn away from God? And at some level, every person that's listening to this has been given days ahead of them. Yeah. Whether you've needed to be healed of something to have those days ahead yeah. of you right. or you just have them. Yeah. They're all given to you by God, and what will you do with them? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like I think when you get this, this sort of wake up call or, or yeah. whatever it is, yeah. this shake up yeah. of a moment like yeah. what you went through, it's sort of can make us. It kind of gives us a clarity of mind, yeah. maybe that's different, but uh, and purpose. But at the same time, we've all been given, yeah. you know, these these set of days before us that are unknown to all yeah. of us, and kind of what will we do for exactly. the kingdom, like in yeah. response. Yeah. And I love how you and. And your wife have just always, before all of this, yeah, you were yeah. already sharing your faith. Yeah, and so yeah. this has just shored that up. It, it just gives us a, a slant. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. It, it gives us a platform. And, you know, also, you know, I think being a husband and being a father are, you know, the, I think the two greatest roles I have. You know, mm. being a school psychologist is a 
plus, of course. But, you know, <laughs> I think those are, I think, my, you know, spiritual charges. Amen. And, you know, with my son David, I think this experience has grown his own faith. Mm. You know, I've seen the impact in my own, you know, my own kids that Michelle and I have had together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my son David, um, this summer, he got an internship um, over at Trinity working with the high school oh, yeah, kids. That's right. Yeah, I did know And that. He, yeah. he just, you know, I, I think the experience that I had gone through, I think, really has made a big difference in his life mm. and has made him think, well, maybe I could be a pastor or maybe I could be, you know, working with young people or something. So, and with my daughter, I think it has strengthened her, her mm. faith. I do have an older son from a you know, previous mm-hmm, marriage. Mm-hmm. He's not a Christian and mm. it, it, it goes over his head and mm-hmm. through, but, you know, he loves me, you know, and mm. it's, it's, it's he, he, we tell him the story. Every, we, we tell him about Christ means to us in our life every time we see him, and oh. I'm quite sure he gets. Nah, he, he's he's good natured about it, but he, right, you know, mild, uncomfortable yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he he pushes yeah. he pushes backs and tells us about the dinosaurs and okay. things like that. But you know how that goes. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Oh well, I mean, I love that you can. If God can use any of this in any anyone's life like that, like yes, that's incredible. Yes, if, yeah. you know, to see yeah. that. I was thinking even of how. That moment of where you're like seeing Jesus there with you, yeah. it makes me think of this blessing that, like, we, I pray over this ironic benediction. I pray yeah, over the church every week, like, make His face like, to shine, shine upon, upon you, you and be gracious yeah. to you, yeah, like, and to keep you. And it says, "May the Lord bless you and keep you." That means to guard you, protect you, and so like so much of that blessing was like there well, I'm, in your I, life. I'm certainly an answer to your prayer. <laughs> absolutely. You know? yeah. absolutely. You know, I, my wife and I are always in the first six rows as you talk. So <laughs> That's right. you know, I guess it's I, coming at you I, quick. It's yeah. coming at you quick. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, I, you know, I like that, you know, I guess rituals that mm-hmm, we have, mm-hmm. you know, like closing ritual that, you know, yeah. we kind of like, you know, and we, we, you, we make it, I think you make it fresh every week. And, yeah, I try to actually mean it when I say it. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it, yeah, it's not like you just, you know, push play. Push, yeah, exactly. You're not pushing play on it. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, well, good. Any maybe just kind of closing thoughts you'd have for people of stuff that, you know, if you haven't got to share yet that you've sort of learned yeah. from this experience? Um, you know, you know I, I, be careful. I think the the virus is mm. real, you know, enough mm-hmm. that you know people are, you know, at you know significant levels of risk and yeah. um, take you know, it seriously. Take it seriously. Um, I know it's uncomfortable wearing a mask, and it's been politicized and mm-hmm. things like that. But um, um, you know, until we get a vaccine that really, really works at a high percentage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, our role is, I don't want to say forever change, but it's like I almost, I feel like I want to say that. I'm hoping it is not forever change mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. you know, we'll go back to, you know, 2019, but I, I don't, I don't know. I think um, we're, we're going to have to adjust. Right. Hope like that's what I think. Well, it, it won't, Hopefully it won't be 2020, but it also probably won't be 2019. Yeah. It's a whole different yeah. thing in the future, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Which will have some of, some of 20, 2020 is going to yeah. definitely yeah. bear, have a, a mark upon the rest yeah. of yeah. like our future at some level. Yeah. You know, and I do, I think out of this experience, I do feel more compassion for mm-hmm. other people. Um, I know a lot of people are lost their jobs and, you know, you know, but, one of the things that we do, we we have some apartments, and mm-hmm. you know we have to collect rent, and mm. you know a lot of times, you know I'm just saying, um, let's just hold off the rent for this month or to pay what mm-hmm. you have, and mm-hmm. that's you know, yeah, I'm like, you know, it's, it's it's hard to do, but it's easy to do. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know, it's like I, you know, you've been given, and you know, and so um, right. You know, I, I find myself. You know, be more compassionate. That's good. So it's 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 changed 
not that I wasn't compassionate before, but you know, it, it's a, yeah, it's, a, it's a, I think it's always a deep. It's like the onion. You're going a little every 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 season. You're going a little deeper, a little differently on yep. things. And this actually came up on another episode of this just of this podcast. We talked about this word compassion because it means to in the Latin it means to suffer together, yeah, to suffer yeah, with, and yeah, so yeah. like you've. If there's other people that have gone through stuff like this, right. like you have suffered with yeah. them, yeah. and so yeah. you have a different sense of compassion yeah. than somebody with that's just trying to read about it, or right. you know, and, yeah. and wanting to have that, but right. at the same level, yes. like that's that's a gift at some level, even though it's not a gift maybe you really wanted, but yeah. it is a gift at some yeah. level. Yeah, and um, yeah. So, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. And so I hope for everyone listening, just that you'd be encouraged by Chuck's story to believe that God has the power to heal. He does. And God's very present with you in the midst of the suffering and the hard moments as much as he is in the joyful ones. Yeah. And that if we can have some of that compassion, if we can have some of that um that fervor too for the gospel to recognize that that is like what's yeah. so vitally important um, for eternity uh, yes. in the midst of this crazy sort of divided polarized mm. time yeah. that the gospel is the one thing that's not political for sure. It's it's good news. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good absolutely news. good yeah. news. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. so yeah, thank people you. need to hear that good news. Yeah. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So thanks, Chuck, for sharing your good news with us today. Well, and thank you, Eric. You know. Um, you know, I, I think back, you know, many years ago when um, my wife and I was were working with your dad down in oh, yeah. Mexico. That's and, right. You know, I remember. You I almost know, forgot about all that. Yeah, and <laughs> um, you know, I've we've known of of you and your family for many years, and mm-hmm. you know, just coming from that heritage, mm-hmm. and I, I'm hoping that you know my life with my own kids i could pass on that mm. heritage that your parents have passed mm. on to you i think that would be a a, a you know a, a one of my mm. spiritual goals and i think god brought it about mm. amen it sounds like you are i yeah. mean it sounds yeah. like you are yeah. so it's a beautiful thing yeah. oh good well that's, that'll be my prayer too so yeah. that's good i love that well thank you for sharing and thank you to all of you for listening to the calvary life podcast